Good morning, Grove Christian Fellowship. This is Pastor Steve Lewis. It's my privilege and opportunity to share with you again from the scripture, uh, a brief message from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 through 6. Hebrews 3, 1 to 6. Therefore, holy brethren and companions in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's household, as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household, whose household we are, if we hold on to the courage and the confidence of our hope. This morning, we're going to emphasize two points. One is that we need to hear from God, and we need to go to God. We need a word from God, and we need a way to God. We need to hear from God so that we can know what He is like, what are His purposes, and what does He want us to know about Him? What does He want us to know about ourselves? What He, what does He want us to start doing? What does He want us to stop doing? So we have the opportunity to grow more in our relationship and knowledge with Him. Last week we were reminded in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, that long ago God spoke to the fathers by the prophets and at different times and in different ways. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son. And so this morning we are recognizing that that to Christians the scripture says that we are the uh, the family of God that we are brothers that we're partakers of a heavenly calling and the writer says that we are to consider Jesus he is our apostle he is our high priest of our confession this morning we're going to acknowledge that Christians are people who have heard and believed in the heavenly calling. We are partakers and we share in this relationship with Christ. That's what makes us brothers in Christ. It's a heavenly calling. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. And this heavenly calling invites us and leads us eventually into heaven one day. That's what we're living for. 
So in other words, the heavenly calling relates to these two great needs. A word from God and a way to God. It's a calling which uh, is meant to show us the way home. Christians are people who have been gripped by this calling. We have a passion. And it's isn't that part of the purpose statement, learning to live like Jesus. Um, we live with passion and unconditional love. This passion has gripped our hearts. The Word of God has broken through our resistance and our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. It has taken hold of us. And with the truth and love of Christ, we are reconciled to God and leading us to walk with Him daily and eventually the promise of heaven itself. This means that Christians are people who have a great, great hope. God has spoken from heaven. He's made a way to heaven. And we have believed and our hope and our confidence is firm. And we'll realize this morning that our hope and confidence are firm not because of ourselves. We still deal with sin of every kind. And perhaps in the listening audience this morning there are those who still have uh, temptations with the sexual sins or a lying spirit or a stealing spirit. Perhaps we do not love people and there is a hatred in our heart for one group or another. There are some who perhaps who are parent disobeying sinners. The language of the day seems to creep into our vocabulary and we have vocabulary that we think nothing of. And yet the scripture says that we will give an account for every idle word spoken. So this morning, our hope and confidence hang on Jesus. And again, verse 1 reminds us that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are partakers of that heavenly calling. So we consider Jesus. Uh, sometimes we think that people outside of the faith need to consider Jesus. And for sure, they need to. The, they need to consider their relationship with Him. But the book of Hebrews is devoted to helping Christians, the believers, to consider Jesus. Uh, he wants us to consider Jesus. Remember what he said back in chapter 2, verse 1, that we must pay closer attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it. 
the danger is constantly in front of us that we will stop considering Jesus, that we will stop becoming more interested in him, that we'll be distracted with other things. And so the writer reminds us to consider Jesus. And so this is, we'll, we'll recognize that that he is our only answer. So when we listen to Jesus, we get a word from him and we get a way to him. Here the writer of Hebrews calls Jesus an apostle. We, we don't often think of Jesus as the apostle. Um, we think of the 12 disciples later be call, being called apostles. But the word means simply, uh, simply is one who is sent. And certainly Jesus was sent from the Father to earth with the revelation of, of uh, his heavenly calling as our great high priest. So Christ is our go-between who offers a sacrifice so that we can be reconciled, so that we can be restored in our relationship with him. Hebrews 2.17 says that Jesus had to be made like us in all things, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God in order to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Boy, that great phrase, make propitiation. It simply means to make a sacrifice for our sins that brings God's anger at us to an end. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, you Christians, you who are in the family, you who share the calling from God, from heaven to heaven, have great confidence that you have heard from God through Christ the Apostle and that you have great hope and that you are going to God, that you are loved and reconciled, that you're secure in Him. So the Hebrews writer says, consider Jesus. Think about Him not just occasionally or once or twice a week, but meditate on Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Why? Because he is the apostle from heaven who brought us our calling. He is the final hope. Once for all, he is our great high priest. So consider Jesus, God's Apostle, God's High Priest. So here we are. Uh, there is more to consider about Jesus than we could ever, ever hope to understand. We couldn't begin to exhaust in our contemplation who he is. The scripture says, Hebrews chapter 1 reminds us, 
that Jesus is superior to angels. Jesus made and sustains the world. He didn't just wind it up and walk off and leave it. Um, that Jesus is greater than the angels who run the errands. In chapter 2, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about Jesus taking on human flesh and fulfills the hope for all people. You have made him a little lower than the angels for a season. You have crowned him with glory and honor and you have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Psalms 8. And the point at every stage of the book of Hebrews, throughout the book of Hebrews, he's going to remind us, consider Jesus, ponder him. Later he's going to say, fix your eyes on him. If your mind is like a compass moving through this world of magnets, making it spin this way and that, Make Jesus your true North Pole. Get your bearings straight. Fix your eyes on Him. So when we come to chapter 3, the writer of Hebrews tells us to consider Jesus. What is it in this passage that he wants us to consider Jesus in relationship to Moses. Consider that Jesus is superior over Moses. Um, Moses, wow, what a great man he was. Think about all the individuals of the Old Testament. Certainly Moses would have to stand head and shoulders above the rest. The writer of the Pentateuch, the writer of the, the first five books of the Old Testament, the recipient who received from God himself, who saw the finger of God write in stone the Ten Commandments. So Moses was certainly faithful. The scripture says in, in this third chapter that he was faithful in the household of God. And so the writer is saying in, he, in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly, and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. So when the writer of Hebrews compares Jesus and Moses, Moses was one of a kind in his day. He was more intimate 
with God than any other prophet. But consider Jesus. That's what writer, the writer of Hebrews is saying here. Jesus in comparison to Moses. That Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. There's more glory. Um, you know, I, 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 was, I woke up this morning thinking about this is Saturday, August 8th. Do you realize that uh, this would have been the last day of the Olympics in Japan? The Olympics was scheduled to start, uh, I believe, July 23rd in Tokyo, and that there were going to be many venues to hold the different events of the Olympics. And there were going to be those three podiums, one for the gold, one for the silver, and one for the bronze. And there was going to be a lot of glory and pomp and circumstance. There were going to be the, the playing of the national anthems representing the country who won the gold. So there was a lot of glory of, of the person who wins the gold. There was going to be a lot of recognition and perhaps they would go to their home country to become the spokesman for one cause or another. You know, in a, in a, in a, in a way, even that person who fell in the course of their event and didn't complete those one of those first three positions, but they persevered through their pain and anguish, they even received some kind of glory and notoriety. Well, I, I couldn't help but think of of um, the different recognition and the honor being bestowed upon the Olympic victors, especially the winner of the gold. But in verse 3, Jesus is given this position of glory, that Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses in relation to God's house. And he, he gives an astonishing reason. Because Jesus is the builder of the house. Moses is a part of the house. Look at it. Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Just as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. Jesus is to the people of God as a builder is to the house. The writer of Hebrews says, consider this. This is your apostle and high priest. He is the one who has brought you a heavenly calling from God. He has made a way to God. It is in Christ that 
that hangs all our hope of heaven. So if you have any confidence this morning that your sins are forgiven and that you will persevere in faith to the end, that that you recognize your calling in Christ, that your confidence depends on Him. The greater and more glorious your understanding of who He is, so will our hope and confidence. The more we know and learn of Him, the stronger our relationship is going to become. In verse 3, the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is worthy of as much glory or more glory than Moses as the builder of a house is worthy of more glory than the house. Jesus is worthy of as much glory than the glory of the gold medal. He, Jesus has built the house. He made Moses. He made the minds and hearts and legs of all the uh, Olympic athletes. athletes. Jesus is the greatest. And this morning, I hope and pray that he is our hero, that he is the one that we look to first and foremost. Verse 4 makes explicit just how great he is. Again, he uses the house as an example. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Back in verse 3, Jesus made the house of God. Verse 4 says that the maker of all things is God. So the the conclusion is the same as chapter 1. Jesus, the Son of God, is God. That's how great he is. And verse 3 says that Jesus made the house of God. It it reminds me of, of Matthew 18 when Jesus asked the question to Peter and the disciples, Who do men think I am? And Peter gives this great confession. And there Jesus said, I will build my church. Jesus is the the builder. He is the author and finisher of our faith. So he is our apostle. He is a sure word because it is carried by from from God himself. The atoning work of our high priest on the cross when he was hanging there, he gave us the words It is finished. The all-sufficient work has been accomplished. He made Moses. He's made us. 
Another thing that uh, Hebrews tells us in verses 5 and 6, how Jesus is superior over Moses. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Moses was a servant in the house. Jesus is a son over the house. The difference between a servant and a son is that the son by inheritance owns the house. He is the Lord over the house and he provides for those who are in the house out of his wealth. But the servants, we don't own anything in the house except by his grace. The servants follow the word of the owner. We submit to what Christ asks us to do. We receive our provisions from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. So again, Jesus, as a son, is superior to Moses in three ways. Jesus owns the house of God. He rules the house of God. And he provides for the house of God. So by comparison, Moses is just a servant in the house. He is one of our brothers. He doesn't own it. He doesn't rule it. He doesn't provide for it from his wealth. So the writer of Hebrews tells us, consider Jesus in relation to Moses. And I wonder this morning, um, as we look at verse 6. Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. The church is the house of God today. The church that Jesus established. The church that is going to succeed and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is the author and the completer of the church. This morning, he is our maker. He's our owner. We want to consider him as our ruler, as our provider. This morning, we want to consider him as the son of God and that we are his servants. We can say thank you, God, that we are part of the household of God. 
and that we are one with Moses in this household. He is our fellow servant. Jesus is our maker, our owner, our ruler, our provider. The text tells us that we are his house, we're his people. We are partakers of a heavenly calling if, and here is the thing for us to consider, if we hold fast our confidence and our boast of our firm, of our hope firm until the end. That we don't drift into indifference and unbelief. Becoming a Christian and being a Christian happen in the same way. By putting our hope and faith in Him. A, a kind of hope that produces confidence and boasting in Jesus. Boy. I know that there are two or three of you. I remember uh, walking with you and I would try to encourage you, but you would always deflect. It's only by the grace of God. And I agree. It's only by the grace of God that we can uh, that we can say anything about our work, our walk with him. So this morning, my question would be, what are you hoping for this morning? What are you putting your hope in? Um, do you consider yourself to be a, a, a shrewd investor and you're, you're counting on the, uh, your investments to see you through? Or you're physically fit, you work out, you're, you're strong in body. All of those things are important. I hope that you don't use the word luck. That's one word that I would like to put a scratch through, that I would like to blot out. As far as the Christian life is concerned, we do not believe in luck. We, we, we believe in the providential care of God. This morning, I want us to consider Jesus. I want us to put our hope and faith and trust in Him who is our maker, our owner, our ruler, our provider. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Father, may we look to You May we consider Jesus and all that he has done for us and live our lives for the glory of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Talk to you later.